Over the past few weeks, we've been running a series called San Francisco Sundays, covering what's happening in my hometown, and the series wouldn't be complete without diving into what's going on with hotel investments in California these days. To help us understand this, Craig Sullivan, founder and president of the California Lodging Investment Conference, is joining us to walk through what he's seeing. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. I, I consider myself an ambassador for the state of California. Born, raised here, love it here. I mean, you know, every market's got its own idiosyncrasies. I mean, New York is different. Miami is, Chicago, LA, San Francisco, Boise, Idaho. Every market's got its own little nuances that can make things difficult. And that's why you get professionals to, you know, that are familiar with the market if you're going into one that you're not familiar with to make that journey just a little bit easier. But if you're a mid-cap to large-cap hotel company or a REIT, you you understand it. You understand that one of the economic engines in this state is is hotels, travel, and tourism, okay? That's billions upon billions of dollars of revenue coming into this state every year. Um, you know, agriculture, believe it or not, is still the largest industry in California. We're still basically the breadbasket for the rest of the country, followed by the entertainment industry. And I'd throw sports into that as well. You look at SoFi Stadium, you look at what used to be the Bank of California Stadium for the LA football club of the MLS, San Francisco, where the Warriors play. We've got all these magnificent palaces for sports and entertainment. Great to go see a concert, great to go go see a, a pro team. And then you look at Disneyland and various other entertainment facilities throughout the state. Plus, our coastline is second to none in the nation, okay? We've got it all right here, and you can be surfing or scuba diving in the morning, and if we've had rain and there's snow in the mountains, you can be snowboarding or skiing at night. So there's not too many other places where you can do that. I wonder if we talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of hotel investment these days in California. CoStar a couple of weeks ago reported that deal volume had dropped more than it had during the Great Recession. What, what, what do you see happening? Yeah, we're down talking to some of the top brokers in the state and CoStar as well. Sales are down about 60%. There's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. Is that more than the rest of the U.S. or is that is that kind of in line with what you see across the country? I'm going to say it's it's close. It may be a little bit more. I really, and I don't really go outside the, the confines of California unless mm-hmm. it's uh, Hawaii. So... Uh, and Hawaii's only got one new hotel under construction. I mean, we've still got a number of them being built in Los Angeles and various other parts of California. But our deal volume is down. Now, the trophy assets, yeah, that's a different animal. There's always a REIT or somebody that's got money on the sidelines that you know, says, hey, we need to deploy this. So they're going to go find something and buy it. It also, you've got a lot of new money coming into the hospitality sector. You look at interest rates, they've certainly climbed. But I believe in relationship banking. I'm going to put money in that bank. I want to be able to have access to not only a a great hotel lending officer, but 
the person who runs the loan department. I want to be able to talk to them and pick up the phone and go, hey, look, at we're thinking about repositioning this hotel asset and in our loan covenants. We, I have to talk to you about that. Are you moving up or down the flagpole with, with different brands? And you treat your lender like they're a partner, okay, which at the end of the day, they truly are. And and you keep them informed of what you're doing, okay? You're going to have a much better relationship. And if you've got a depository relationship, which I believe in, gives you a little bit more latitude, especially if you've got an open door communication policy with your lenders. We've got some lenders that are involved with the California Lodging Investment Conference that are making, still doing construction loans. May not be the terms that you want, but it can still be done. You might have to throw some more money into the deal because there's probably going to be a gap there between costs and, you know, what the lender's going to loan you. There's still ways of getting deals done. That doesn't go away. Good deal is still a good deal at the end of the day. Um, Time kills all deals. If we look over the past couple of decades, is this really that bad or are we just coming off of an exceptionally low interest rate environment for some time? It's a combination of both. If you look at before the financial meltdown, interest rates were higher or on a par level, then they, you know, they certainly went down and you basically can't have a commercial loan at what would be typically a residential rate. That's just not sustainable. The other things that you got to look at, as these rates climb, we've had generations now that have come in since the financial meltdown, a couple of new generations of hotel people and older people have been retiring as well that have never seen interest rates like that. So this this has been quite a bit of sticker shock, and I think that they're getting over that at this point. At least I hope they are. Where are rates going to be next year? Are they going to come down next year? Well, next year is an election year, and that adds chaos to on top of everything else and a whole different level of chaos. Some companies will contract because they want to see what the political shift is going to be. Some lenders may change their programs, betting on who they feel is going to be in power. So it just adds another level of uncertainty to a market that doesn't need that. As most of the news people are fond of saying, Wall Street doesn't like uncertainty. We just don't know. And it's too early to tell. Well, I imagine some of those themes that you're seeing, whether it's some price discovery from buyers or sellers or interest rates, navigating all of that and, and navigating uncertainty applies in San Francisco. I wonder if we could talk a little bit about San Francisco. I'm based here. I think famously, Park Hotels and Resorts stopped making payments and gave up two of San Francisco's largest hotels. And um, I I'm curious if if you see anything different happening in San Francisco compared to California broadly. You know, uh, San Francisco is that that city on the hill. It's had to reinvent itself so many times from fires and earthquakes and everything else. Now, yeah, there's certainly been its share of social issues. not everybody willing to come back to an office is is crippled the downtown market. But your San Francisco Hotel Council is already putting it out there on their messaging that 2024, 2025 are going to be better for conferences and, and visitors. Now, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and the flights that used to come from China and the Far East, Asia Pacific to the United States 
San Francisco was the first port of call. And that's like less than 40 flights a day now. Okay. So that those numbers aren't back. You've also got a lot of U.S. tourists, visitors that are gone abroad. They've gone to, to Europe. But your mayor in San Francisco is making some right moves. The police department, everybody's got to stop bagging on California and San Francisco in, in, in particular. I was up there a few months ago, and I actually found it a lot cleaner and much more pleasurable to walk around than I did downtown LA. You got to see it for yourself. And I think that's where it's helpful to move beyond just the headlines and to see for yourself. And that's why I appreciate us talking about the world of investment. I guess maybe just on that theme, though, is like kind of moving beyond the headline into what actually happens. So when in this scenario where you have a a big REIT, you know, hands over the keys of a property, what happens? Well, the lender doesn't want to take it back, first of all. Okay. Now, typically there's going to be a Wall Street, a securitized loan, and the special servicer is going to get involved and they're going to start putting a program together to run the hotel. They've already put on a lockbox. So all the money that's coming into the hotel is going to them. Will the flag remain? Good question. But they're, they're going to bring in an outside receiver and a management company to run the hotel. They will typically hold it when we had the financial meltdown, everybody thought there was going to be all these foreclosure acquisitions that, you know, we're going to be out there and you're going to get these trophy assets for cents on the dollar. That didn't happen. Didn't materialize. So they're going to do everything they can to stabilize the hotel and get it running decently to good. Now it could be a case where, you know, the financial meltdown, we had one hotel REIT that tried to talk to the special servicers, but they had a default on their loans. They bought a hotel in San Diego for $80 million, had a $60 million loan on it. And they woke up one morning worth 40. How do you recover from that? That's $20 million. You're in the hole. All of the analysts across the board said that this company did the, this REIT did the right thing by handing back these hotels and Mm -hmm. saved the stockholder value. They were a publicly traded REIT. So you've got to look at that. Does it negatively affect guests at all? Because you mentioned they'll figure out a way to keep it running. I'm curious, Does I don't, it's more of like an investment thing. Does it do guests even notice? That's more of an investment thing. And you try and keep it behind the scenes. It's like watching the sausage being made in right. a butcher shop. <laughs> so, you know, now there was so much press about that. And then you also had all these stores and, and restaurants and everything else all closing. And everybody piled on and started bagging on San Francisco. Okay. I'm going to be up there for a commercial lending conference and I'm going to be in a room with, I don't know, 17 to 20 lenders that are still making loans today on all the asset classes. And most of them are based up in the Bay Area. So it's like, okay, let's sit down and talk to them and see what they have to say, see where they're going, see what, you know, they're sniffing around and seeing how that they can still be productive and still get loans done. And I think that's a big part of it. Well, let me ask you this, Craig. You see and participate in the industry on a lot of different levels. What will it take to make San Francisco and the Bay Area a a more attractive place for investment? Because I think, as we've talked about, everybody wins when that happens. The, The participants, money flows in, you can create things, benefits the community, benefits the people visiting. So what 
I'm curious what needs to happen to make it more attractive. Well, I think it's going to be a few things, and I don't think it's just limited to San Francisco. I think it's across mm-hmm. the board in the nation. Is one, we have to get a handle on mental health in this country. Mm-hmm. We need to help people that have decided that they would rather sleep on a street corner than anything else, whether it's drug addiction, mental health, combination of the two, any number of things. And that's everywhere. It's unfortunate. And this country's better than that. Uh, But we disassembled mental health in this country quite a few decades ago, and we're still paying the price for it, and it's escalating. So that needs to be one thing. The other thing is housing. Housing is a drag on the economy. You look at where prices are today, and most people can't afford to buy a house or a condo or a loft in San Francisco. And I think the East Bay is getting priced out as well. Certainly Southern California, Los Angeles, Orange County, a lot of San Diego, um, same thing. We've got to get a handle on that. You need that joining, that meeting of the minds and going, hey, you know, we're adding a new hotel and there's a lot of tax revenue coming in that we don't have to split with the county or state. Okay. And we want that here. So yeah, let's give them a hand. Let's, you know, get this open and built. Every city wants a four or five star full service hotel. That doesn't work in every city. Okay. I, I like select service because that helps spread some of the money out on the street. You're being a good neighbor, okay? It's that restaurant next door, because you know the only thing you're offering in a select service is a free breakfast with way too many cereal yeah. selections that nobody wants anyhow. But that's my opinion. But you've, you've got to set this up, and you've got to be able to, city, county, state needs to step up and help. And they need to do it in a way where, We're not being taxed on miles that we're driving and a few other things. Uh, I also think it starts out with a lot of transparency and accountability out of Sacramento and every city hall across the state and nation. Great hospitality providers know that every touchpoint matters a lot. So they spend a lot of time making sure that each interaction better serves their guests and makes life easier for their teams. If you'd like to operate this way, I suggest you check out Sojourn. They've built a reputation as the market leader in helping hotels and resorts earn direct bookings through digital advertising over the years. And more recently, they've expanded into offering a complete suite of guest experience solutions, including an AI smart concierge, reputation manager, and guest marketing suite. I've been working with Sojourn for years now, and everything from the way their technology is built to the talented experts they have on staff makes it no surprise that when I talk with people about technology, Sojourn comes up again and again. Hospitality providers love them. If you'd like to learn more about how Sojourn can help you better engage your guests and drive more profitable direct bookings, visit Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-E-R-N.com. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. 
I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes from some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 